Tim, where are you? I'm here. You're here. There you are. Well, I think I'm here. <laughs> here for the Oops. new year. Whoops. Rhymes even. <laughs> so, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy Look New at, Year. Yeah. Dave, Dave Van Dyke's just listening. Or he's got a new last name. <laughs> Oh, he took it off. Darn. <laughs> yeah, that was from yesterday's session. Sorry. Yesterday's? <laughs> Not with you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Try to confuse me. It'd be first thing this year. It works. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, I need a meditation. Got a little tech crazy this morning. Um, <laughs> uh, paragraph 10 on page 329 in the text. Paragraph 10, page 329 in the text. This is um, very obviously clear New Year's um, invitation to us to uh, invite Jesus into the new year and invite the Holy Spirit into the new year to help us see each other, see our brothers, see ourselves the way the Holy Spirit does. So in paragraph 10, page 329 in the text, this is uh, section 11, the last paragraph. Actually, it's the last paragraph in chapter 15. Christmas as the end of sacrifice. Alrighty. Len, you want to read that one? Uh, we'll get quiet for a little bit, please. Do you want all of paragraph 10, Tim? Yep. No. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you. I love to read this paragraph. I think of it as Jesus' New Year's resolution, the one he's suggesting to me that I make my resolution. This is the time in which a new year will soon be born from the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking, and you will make complete and not destroy. Say then to your brother, I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I choose your release because I recognize that we will be released together. So will the year begin in joy and freedom. There is much to do and we have been long delayed. Accept the holy instant as this year is born and take your place so long left unfulfilled in the great awakening. Make this year different by making it all the same. And let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will.
Amen. Thanks, and we'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring this back. And gently, gently, maybe we should just stay here for the whole year. <laughs> or two or three. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. How's my sound so far? Good. Okay, good, thanks. Uh, in our uh, little sabbatical that we took, um, for some reason I wound up concentrating a lot on chapter 15. And a few things jumped out at me that I thought um, might be helpful to remind ourselves, remind me um, what we're doing, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, two of the big themes that we certainly focus on um, in our school as a course, on the Course of Miracles is uh, probably one of the biggest things is, is reaffirming, redoing, reworking our relationship with Jesus. I mean, a lot of us grew up in a Christian environment and thought we had something going with them, but um, certainly the Jesus of the Course is, has a whole different <laughs> uh, uh, whatever presence than certainly the Jesus that I grew up with. Um, and in that, in that, you know, we, I've done, you know, we've done polls in the past where we've asked people who do they prefer, Jesus or the Holy Spirit, when they're doing a course in miracles, and most people seem to choose the Holy Spirit, which is fine. And Jesus doesn't, he doesn't take that personally, he doesn't have a problem with that. However, <laughs> If we're choosing the Holy Spirit because we're trying to avoid Jesus, and then on top of that, we don't even admit that we're doing that, then that becomes just part of our resistance that we're not fessing up to. So, you know, like in, in the school, we talk about Jesus about every other line. <laughs> so it's hard to deal with resisting Jesus and not having that pushed in your face if that's what's going on. And if you're feeling any kind of... Uh, about it at all, then then there's a good chance there is some resistance to um, allowing that presence of Jesus to manifest in our awareness. And the resistance gets seemingly subtle, but not really when we start looking at it. So if, if you don't think you have a problem with Jesus and maybe you're hiding a little bit of resistance to even admitting that, don't worry about it. It'll come up. It's <laughs> guaranteed to come up <laughs> as we go through this. <laughs> you'll feel it. <laughs> you'll become aware of it. You don't have to fight with it now. You don't have to go around going, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. Um, if you already do, that's great. And if you don't and you don't know it, <laughs> uh, um, we, we talk about them and we invite them in so often that um, it will be one of the ma main things that um, we deal with together collectively as a school. And the other thing that is in chapter 15, and I think that comes through a lot in chapter 15, the presence of Jesus and how he manifests, especially in, in this Christmas time, the beginning of a new year. The other thing that's a huge theme, and it takes a while really even to get a hand on it intellectually, is this idea of how much we're invested in sacrifice without even knowing what that word even means. And, and much less how, how we're resistant to even admitting 
that we're addicted to sacrifice really as a good healthy ego and we don't want to fess up to that so it's good to i think to look at um even intellectually on the chart and and a good way to start the year <laughs> is is to look at these different kind of avoidances that we might be having our avoidance to jesus as a presence in our life if that's happening and certainly begin to recognize our uh, resistance to realizing how much sac we've made sacrifice a part of our lives there's there you know there's no coincidence that this whole giant theme of sacrifice in chapter 15 comes up in relationship to relationships relationships in time and space relationships from an ego point of view um are all about either bargaining or fighting <laughs> And usually it's a mix of both. We're either fighting with somebody or we're trying to bargain with them or it becomes an every other day, sometimes every other hour phenomena. And that's all based on this idea that we've sacrificed and I have to sacrifice for you, so you sacrifice a little for me. And hopefully you'll be sacrificing a little bit more for me than what I do for you. But I don't want to admit that. I don't want to look at like the bad guy in this situation. But this whole theme of the way we compromise, we bargain, and it's all based on this belief in sacrifice. And, and just even to begin to get a handle on that, because one of, the, one of the huge things that the Course addresses is this whole relationship thing, unlike many, many, many spiritualities. I mean, this is chapter 15. He, he had to gently bring us to this point before he laid this whole relationship trip on us what special relationships are really all about based on sacrifice and how and and one of the ways of looking at sacrifice certainly in order to frame all this is to realize that sacrifice was there from the get-go we talk about we you know we thought our identity was as one son of god in heaven and then we seem to have this crazy, tiny, mad idea that we could step outside of heaven. That was the first sacrifice. We sacrificed our being in heaven and being okay to believe that we could actually sacrifice that identity and step outside of heaven and have a different identity. So, And right from the beginning, the tiny, mad idea of sacrifice that I could sacrifice my true identity as God's son and then be off and running with that when we're walking around in time and space and doing our you know, everyday stuff I mean that's not in in front of our awareness I mean that's not something we're walking through the day with unless we're walking with Jesus and we will begin to realize how often that is the basis of anything we're crazy about is that we've sacrificed our true identity as God's son and now we think we're separated from him and everything after that is based on sacrifice in the wrong mind the ego we choose this ego separated separated identity well we had to sacrifice our true identity to do that or believe that we actually did that and then the next step is uh, I feel terrible about it the guilt 
yeah, I deserve to be separate and on my own, but I, I feel pretty bad that I ruined this relationship with my loving father in heaven. And then I convince myself all under the surface, un unconsciously, all this is happening in the wrong mind, that I, I'm actually afraid of God because he, he, he bought into it. He, he actually believes I separated and he's going to punish me for it. So this huge theme of sin, guilt, and fear is all based on sacrifice. Me believing I could sacrifice my identity as God's son. And then rather than let all that craziness go, rather than let go of our belief in sacrifice, we project it onto the world. We say, I'm not the bad guy, somebody else is. I'm not the one that needs to be sacrificed. <laughs> somebody else needs to be punished be punished and pay for the crimes they're committing. But it's what keeps the whole world going, <laughs> is this idea of sacrifice. On a seemingly good ego day, I'm making lots of special bargains and special deals. So you don't sacrifice me more than I sacrifice you. And on a bad ego day, I, I, I know who the bad guys are and they should die. They should be sacrificed. They should pay to play. So this whole idea of special love relationships on a seemingly good ego day where I'm getting what I think I want more than what you're getting in this bargain I've set up with you or a, a, a special hate day where I know who the bad guys are and I know they should be punished. This is all based on sacrifice. Once again, it's not coincidental that this whole theme of sacrifice came up primarily beginning in, in full full bloom awareness in relationship to relationships. It's the heart of every relationship from an ego point of view, this idea of sacrifice. On a good ego day, I don't think you're the son of God. And on a good ego day, I don't think I'm the son of God. I'm not walking around admitting that consciously. I, I just think I, I'm caught up in the day's activities. <coughs> but but really, it's all blood, sweat, and tears. It's all about sacrifice. We're not God's children anymore. And I got to get from you what I can get and still make it look like I'm a nice guy. That's what this whole theme of special relationships with is. And this whole idea of sacrifice undermining and underlying everything we do in a day, believing we're bodies doing things to sustain our bodies. So those two themes are, are two of the big ones that we certainly, I think, resist even looking at intellectually at first and certainly even beginning to believe that I could be pushing Jesus away that much and that I'm really buying into this slimy idea of sacrifice, <laughs> that I'm really addicted to it. It's what preserves my identity as a body, as a seeming separated son of God. So any questions or thoughts or fights with any of that so far? Did you say slimy? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you said. <laughs> it's pretty slimy. <laughs> slimy idea of sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's great. It's not, you know, it's like, it's trying to like, hang on, you know, like when we were kids and we were fishing and you have to pick up an eel and it would just slide out of your hand. <laughs> Like, we, we don't really want to hang on to this idea in our awareness that we could be this crazy. 
that I could be ha trying, that I'm desperately hanging on to this slimy thing all the time if I think I'm a body, if I think I'm a separated son of God, and I think you're to blame. Mm -hmm. yeah. David Delaplane, you think it's a hard way to start the new year? <laughs> oh, I got unmuted. Oh, no, you just muted yourself. I, I don't want to start the year with... Uh... Slime. <laughs> I want to be aware of who I am as a child of God. There you I'm go. Perfect. Right. I'm going to go into New Year believing that. That's good. Yeah. Why not? What the heck? It'll make the whole year a whole lot better. Maya, you you waving? You got something? I do. Yeah. So, what really feels true to me is that. The core of our guilt, uh, the core of my guilt, is the ultimate sacrifice of God. I, I killed God so that I could live, so that I could be special. And that, I mean, think about that. Oh, what a weight. And that, that strikes me as really at the core of it. You know, I had to sacrifice God so I could be special, so I could be independent. Yeah, so on a good ego day, I mean, we're not walking around consciously, usually, <laughs> usually believing that. Even serial killers feel justified, I mean, in form. <laughs> but we're all serial killers. Every time I'm not at peace, that's what's going on. I believe I've destroyed, sacrificed my relationship with my father. Basically, what Maya is saying, I, I killed it, meaning I killed God. I killed my own true identity. I never want to admit I did something that stupid. And then I'd go to all that trouble to blame the whole world for the way I'm feeling. That's a lot of work for no reason. <laughs> we're still the son of God. We made all this up. We're running around believing we're bodies, now vulnerable to all these other bodies, and we gotta make deals with them all the time to feel a little good, a little bit better about ourselves. It's a, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of unnecessary work. And like David, David was saying, you know, and what Maya is pointing at, if, if I'm willing to get into that awareness that I'm still the son of God and you are too, then we don't have to fight so much. We don't have to bargain so much. We don't have to have so many rotten days. <laughs> it gets a whole lot better. Nicole, how are you doing with this stuff? You're wishing you, you maybe uh, you should have done something else this morning. <laughs> no, it's really, it's, yeah, like I, um, th this is just the beginning of my journey with this. Yeah, sure. So take your time with it. Don't get too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we all do, but that's all right. <laughs> It'll go away eventually. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Nicole. Right. Hey, Tim. Yeah, Jim. I swear that it, John Prine, the song, songwriter, had to be a course student at some point. You know, he wrote the song "The Great Compromise," uh, which, you know, like is is constantly what I'm doing. You know, like compromise a little bit so I feel a little better. Yeah, yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, right. Every every good country western song is a <laughs> is a lament <laughs> about my my poor relationships are not working. <laughs> And it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they say if you play 
country western backwards. You get your pickup back and you get your wife back. You get everything back. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. I'll remember that. <laughs> All right. Anybody else comments? So one, in terms of this, uh, recognizing how Jesus really wants us to involve him in this process, even though Ken used to say, you don't have to use Jesus. Well, it's kind of hard to do when he's using I so much. One of the places that he talks about his role in this process is um, in the text on page 309. Once again, in chapter 15. And this is 309. And, oh, it's the section... Oh, yeah. Practicing the Holy Instant, section 4, page 309, paragraph 1. Um, first, thing, first couple of things he's talking about in this you know, that we're going to look at is where he's pointing out it doesn't take a whole lot to do this, especially in the beginning. It's just a little bit of willingness goes a long, long way. Am I willing to look at this stuff? Am I willing even to hear it intellectually? Am I willing, on, on when I am feeling bad, to invite whatever that presence of love is into the situation to help me see it differently, whether it's Jesus or the Holy Spirit? But this whole idea that this can happen right now, I don't have to wait till halfway through the middle of this new year to have a revelation kind of experience, to have a loving experience. And that's what he says in paragraph 1 on page 309. This course is not beyond immediate learning and immediate experience of this stuff. The only time I can really ever ask Jesus into my awareness is right this second. I can't do it yesterday. Yesterday's over. I can't do it tomorrow. Tomorrow hasn't happened yet. The only time I can have this experience, this immediate experience, is right now to ask Jesus to help me see you and see me the way he does, or the Holy Spirit, but some voice of love inside of us, whatever we call it. This course is not beyond immediate learning unless you believe that God, what God wills takes time. Really? <laughs> How do you feel about that, Lynn Altman? <laughs> well, it's, uh, I'm glad it's so. I'm starting out the new year with either COVID or a bad cold. I don't know which. But it's kind of a, <laughs> a real interesting time, you know, trying not to give it meaning. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, it, it comes back to um, there's no way I can do it myself. So I appreciate the that I, I felt like I my only hope this year is recommitting to having Jesus be a presence in my life rather than trying to figure it all out myself, which has not worked and hasn't brought me where I want to be. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, you know, that whole thing about sitting with, you know, wanting salvation and at the same time wanting nothing to do with it, just being able to be with that without trying to make anything of it and allowing, um, that um, inner presence of peace to, to show me that there is another way. And it isn't about doing battle. 
I don't have to go to war with this way that I'm feeling. It means nothing. It has it's only the meaning I give it, you know. Um, and that's so that's so opposite from from my usual way, which is it's it's all down to me. I gotta work, you know. There's something wrong because I got sick, and there's something wrong because I'm not handling da 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 da. da. And so, I mean, to me, it's just it's a perfect way for me to start my new year, surprisingly so, you know. So thank you for asking. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Yeah. I was reading this comment from uh, one of the guys whose houses burned in that fire the last couple of days up in Boulder County. And he said, he actually said this. I couldn't believe this line. I should have typed it out. He said, I couldn't believe it, I, I, you know, I jumped in my car, we ran away, you know, as my house was burning. And then, and then he said, why me? And then he said, I must be guilty. He actually said that. I must be guilty that this is happening because I'm, I mean, it was like, wow, wow, I must be guilty. It's just like <laughs> that underlying thing that's this, <laughs> I must be guilty. My house burned down. Wow. Yeah. And Jesus is like, nah, 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 <laughs> nah, 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 invite me in. <laughs> House burning down, COVID, whatever's going on, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I, let, let me show you something else here. <laughs> yeah. You're not guilty. <laughs> this is not going gone down because you're guilty. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lynn. All righty. Anybody else? Anything? Dave Dempsey, how you doing this new year? Then Reese. <laughs> um, good. You know, I've been kind of listening to the sacrifice, and I think how I put lack in front of that often. Um, that that's where I kind of make my stop off point. Um, that I need to get from you what I feel I'm missing in myself, and how that relates to sacrifice, I'm not sure, but. You know, I, I've been looking at that a lot and it's been a lot of those, you know, lesson 361 through 365 to give this holy instant to the Holy Spirit and to let that go. And, you know, I've been reading that book, um, Taking the Ego Lightly and just not taking it quite so serious. You know, it's all just the tiny man idea all over again and taking it seriously rather than smiling. And so kind of, I guess what I've been working on is when I see myself trying to get from you what I feel is lacking in me. And I don't want to look at that, of course, you know, um, but just smile at it and know exactly what it's all about. Um, and it seems to pass and whoever I'm trying to, to steal that whatever from, um, I'm able to let that go. Just like that reading we just had. Um, I don't care to imprison this person anymore. Um, for my own gains, whatever it is, to be the victim, to feel better than, to feel worse than, to feel, you know, all those emotions that we just trade in for just that one simple thing of lack. Um, and then to let myself say, what if I have everything? What if God has given me everything? What if I don't need all this from someone else, that it's truly mine to, for the get, for the taking? It's my inheritance. Um, and just kind of working gently with that, um, very, very gently with that. And I've seemed to be in a pretty good place of peace because of it. So, 
Yeah. And, you know, this morning was funny because I started at the very beginning in the preface and just reading the whole preface this morning and then reading the, the miracle principles. And uh, it just had a lot of meaning to me in that sense that maybe it's just time to go back to the beginning and just slowly go through it again. Now that I have such a better understanding of the course in the text, but in the whole part of it is just not take any of it quite so seriously. It's, it's just my crazy, crazy, you know? And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So thanks, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Good. Also in my time off when I was, um, thinking about like i went to this Alanon meeting that was really good uh in pueblo and um it was uh i was sitting there watching myself be concerned with whether these people that i didn't know any of them so i wanted them to know i'm really into recovery i'm really i'm really a good Alanon poster boy here i've been doing this for years you know i didn't want to like that like like the new kid on the block right and then i'm watching myself do that and i'm thinking this is not making it about the other guy I mean, that, that's what it came down to is like, I'm so obsessed with my image right this second. It, it's embarrassing to admit it <laughs> that I'm not thinking about, I'm not even hearing what the other people are saying. And this is a really good meeting. I mean, these people are really working their stuff. I wasn't making about the other guy. And I thought, well, I, I, re I remember I took a deep breath and I thought I can make this about the other guy and I don't have to worry about what I look like at this meeting. <laughs> like, like I didn't even realize how much I was obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great place to be able on a practical level is Ken's big rap in the last, whoops, I just lost everybody. <laughs> what happened? It's like Bob Rye often says, look at me. We go yeah. through life saying, look at me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like all that, all that went out the window when all, uh, if I was willing to actually hear what you were saying, that what one of the people at the meeting was saying, and then, and then identify with everybody's going through their own hard bot battle, thinking they're a body, thinking they're an ego and how nice it is that we're not bodies and not egos. And I could approach those people at that meeting from that point of view instead of <laughs> wanting to present myself <laughs> as a good, good recovery guy. <laughs> I mean, it was first I had to fess up to what I was doing <laughs> was like, you know, and how embarrassing it was to even admit it. <laughs> and then I was wondering how often do I do that? <laughs> like not, not, I get so caught up with my image, whatever it is. And then I don't make it about the other guy. So in the last few years of his life, Ken really used that as a major theme to get back to, you know, what's important here. <laughs> Are you making it about the other guy? Are you making it about the other thing? And not in a codependent way, not like I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine and we'll all have this, we'll have this cozy codependent relationship together, but, but in, in a way that make it about the other person am i willing to see them in this moment hear them the way jesus does hear their pain because everybody's identifying with this terrible separation thing and hear the same way out we're all still okay the holy spirit is in each of us make it about the other guy that way and that just became so simple at that point to be willing to do that yeah thanks dave 
Well, let me read another sentence. <laughs> We're not getting real far here. <laughs> and this means only that you would rather delay the recognition that his will is so. Meaning, I, 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 I'm just trying to push down the, the road a little, this experience, because I don't want to realize my will and God's will is, is, are the same, and that I can have this experience right now. I'm sorry, Reese, you had something before. <laughs> That's okay, Tim. I, I uh, just wanted to share that this morning when I was reading, I've been struggling in, I mean, it's kind of interesting to be watching myself above the battleground struggling, but I've been struggling in that level uh, throughout this season, especially with well, my living with my partner and finding everything I can wrong about it. You know, every time I turn around, I'm I'm critical and I'm angry with and I'm projecting everything that I hate about myself onto my partner and yet you know I'm feeling peaceful about it because I'm somehow able to just watch that and uh, then I read the lesson this morning and I, I just felt <laughs> nothing I see including my partner including my thoughts about my partner means a thing means anything and I could just laugh. I just started laughing. It was a funny reaction for myself to do that. I just laughed every time I say that now. I just, nothing I see, nothing I think, nothing I'm doing means anything. And like, uh, thanks to you, Lynn uh, Corona, this morning to show us that Osho Tarot and that whole idea of, you know, it's okay. I don't, I don't mean anything like you're saying, Tim, my own self-image doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't mean anything that I'm, I'm crazy and I think crazy every day. It doesn't mean anything that I hate myself. All that doesn't mean anything. I can just leap into this big, empty meaninglessness and just fly. Mm. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> or your money or your misery back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aris. Alrighty. So it's just the idea that it just takes a little bit of willingness to to even invite Jesus into the situation, not not uh, not even needing to have a clue what's going to happen next. It's what he says in paragraph two. Your practice must therefore rest upon your willingness to let all littleness go, let it happen. Not, not we make it go away. <laughs> we just back away from ourselves for a minute, like Orise was saying. <laughs> the instant in which magnitude dawns upon us, we have this experience of unity, of totality, of, that we're all okay. The instant in which magnitude dawns upon you is only as far as way as your desire for it, our willingness to, to allow it to happen. It, it just takes a little bit here. <laughs> As long as you desire it not, and invite it not, and cherish littleness instead, meaning i got to look good at this meaning, <laughs> whatever that looks like, by so much is it far from me. By so much as you want it, you will bring that experience near. And then the thing, this whole thing with Jesus really got me here. Paragraph 5, the way this happens. I stand within the holy instant. J 
Jesus telling us he's where do we find Jesus well he's in the holy instant he's in that experience where I'm a little willing willingness to back away from myself as me and my timidness and be willing to make it about the other guy in that experience I see Jesus in that holy instant I see Jesus in the other person I see the holiness in them and I see the holiness in me I stand within the holy instant as clear as you would have me. How clear do we want to see Jesus? <laughs> he's saying, I mean, this is, he's making it really personal about him at this point. And the extent to which you learn to accept me, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> is the measure of the time in which the holy instant will be yours. So it's, I think it's kind of hard to do this course and leave him out, <laughs> you know, just, just, just mention him a few times <laughs> and see what happens. Chris Jansen, did you play golf this morning already? It's too cold. Yeah, we're going to get hit later on today, I think. I don't know. We'll see. Um, no, no golf yet. Although there are indoor places you can hit into a screen, which I find that I can't go that low. <laughs> that, 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 that's one more addiction I don't need. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. Let's see. Uh, and then Jesus reaffirms in line three in that paragraph five, I'm on page 310. I call to you to make the holy instant yours at once. For the release from littleness in the mind of the host of God depends on willingness and not on time. Willingness, not on time. Bruce, did you have something before? Bruce Rawls? No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> you had that look like you're leaning in. All right. Christina, how you doing? Come in, Christina. Ground control. To... <laughs> Major Tom. <laughs> Everybody's quoting David Bowie these days. Every, every other movie area. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm really glad I joined in today. Um, um, I uh, was just writing down, you know, just that I reaffirm my willingness to join, my desire, reaffirm my desire to join yeah, on this day. And, um, you know, thanks to David that brought up, you know, lesson one. And I just read through it again while we were talking here to reaffirm as well. Um, and just, you know, I, I'm willing also to look at my desire to stay here, and that's why I'm here. So um, just jotted down the little chart you shared on lesson one as well, because that was very helpful to do. And um, yeah, I'm just really glad to join in this, this group, <laughs> you know, go through this again and again and again and again. And um, it was powerful what you just shared about it just it's it depends on willingness and not on time and that so relates to what i just wrote reaffirm my my desire to join yeah good yay <laughs> yay 
Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Thank you. Kathy Thank you Jones, for checking in. Yeah. Kathy Jones, you get hit with any of that weird weather in Savannah or up thereabouts? Um, I don't think I did because right because the last few days it's in the 80s today and it has been for the last two or three days. Gonna be I've got on short Bermuda shorts today. And yeah, and uh, tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 80s, but then Monday it's gonna go down into the fifties. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was five degrees here this morning, girl. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god. <laughs> oh, but I love. I'm still up there on paragraph one where you talked about this course is not beyond immediate learning. I can remember, and I probably I imagine everybody else can too. With the very first lesson, you know, there were some some changes I felt, and then like the first fifty lessons, I was in. You know, again, like probably like everybody else has felt this this state of tremendous peace and beauty and love that was, you know, not of my own making. I could tell it was different. And uh, so, yeah, I just love that. And uh, thank you. And I'm sorry that I won't say I'm sorry that all of y'all are in the cold because I know a lot of y'all really love that. And I think that's wonderful. So peace and love. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. I wanted to um, look at another uh, section, the time of rebirth. And it's certainly a, a great theme for the new year, the time of rebirth. This is uh, section 10 on page 324. And um, it, it's funny that, you know, it, it, it depends on a little willingness to have the experience of forgiveness it does not depend on time. However, the way the ego uses time is to delay the perfect union in our awareness of the Father and the Son. So paragraph 1, page 324 in the text, it is in your power in time, not in eternity, not as your true identity as God's Son. However, it is your power in time to use time to delay the perfect union of the Father and the Son to not be willing to have that experience. I mean, it seems like it's in our power to do that because we certainly seem to ha not have that experience of the union of father and son. <clears throat> For in this world, the attraction of guilt does stand between the father and the son in this experience of perfect union. And we put the, we put the guilt there and we're attracted to it because there is a part of us that's afraid to have that perfect union experience. As, as silly and as kind of crazy as that sounds. And then he goes on, neither time nor season means anything to eternity. We sure spend a lot of time celebrating <laughs> all kinds of seasons. Oh, by the way, we're all moving to Savannah tomorrow, and Kathy has lots of extra room, so. <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, so not, neither time nor season means anything to eternity, but here it is the Holy Spirit's function to use them both, meaning he takes time, eternity, he takes this, this whole attraction to guilt, 
and he helps us to look at it and let it go. This is a season when you would celebrate my birth into the world, yet you know not how to do it. We don't want to know how to do it. <laughs> we went to a lot of trouble not to know how to do it. <laughs> That's why we kind of have to step outside this box we think we're in. Little boxes on this on the screen, certainly, but the box of our, our seeming existence as individual bodies, to step outside of that identity and have something else happen. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus in us, the birth of that Christ awareness in us. Line five, this is the season when you would celebrate my birth into the world, yet you know not how to do it. Line seven, let the Holy Spirit teach you then, and let me, Jesus, celebrate your birth, your birth, in your awareness through the Holy Spirit. He's celebrating us. He's, he, he's the, you know, the cheerleader for us. He's the one in our corner rooting us on here. Pom-poms and all. <laughs> Jesus got, he gets all excited. <laughs> go, go guys, go. Let me help you celebrate your birth through him. The only gift I can really accept of you is the gift I gave to you. You're God's son. It's just the awareness that we're God's son. That's the birth. That awareness. Release me. It's another place where he's saying, forgive me. Let go of believing I'm different than you. We're both God's son, for God's sake. <laughs> for God's sake, realize and wake up, we're both God's son. Release me as I choose your own release. The time of Christ we celebrate together, for it has no meaning if we are apart, if we're separate. This holy instant is truly the time of Christ, for in this liberating instant, we're free from all this crazy stuff. I mean, it really is freedom from our own craziness. In this liberating instant, no guilt is laid upon the Son of God by us. I'm not laying guilt on you. I'm not laying guilt on me. <laughs> I'm not laying guilt on Jesus. I'm not keeping everybody separate because of that guilt. And his unlimited power is thus restored to him. What other gift can you offer me? Would you want to even offer anybody else, including Jesus, when only this I choose to offer you? And to see me, once again, <laughs> he takes, he do, he's doing this personally, to see me, Jesus, is to see me, Jesus, in everyone. And then offer everyone the gift you're offering me. We're not separate. We're still blessed. We're looking for that joining, which is really just waking up to the fact that we're already joined. Peggy Lee, how cold is it up there? <laughs> there you go. It's very cold. It's uh -oh. minus 30, which is the same in Celsius as it is in Fahrenheit. Oh my it's God. been like that for a whole week now. <laughs> That's like 100 degrees different than where Kathy Jones is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life's unfair. <laughs> Who made this up anyway? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, my Lord. 
<laughs> is it really that cold? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh my God. When you try to start your car, it's almost impossible. And uh, your tires are square when you try to move. I didn't even think of that. Square tires. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Did Jesus come by this morning? To my house? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, why not? He's always knocking. Oh, he was knocking. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't keep him out in 30 degree below zero weather, did you? <laughs> where, where is Peggy Lee at 30 degrees? Alaska? Up by Calgary, just north of Calgary, Alberta. Calgary. Oh, okay. Calgary. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Let him in. Go let him in, for God's sake. <laughs> or at least put a little heater out there for him. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, Piggy Lee. Asmani, is it warmer where you're at than where Kathy Jones is? Yeah. I just checked. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's 87 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Azmani's in Colombia. That's where she's from. Yeah. Very good. All right. You got any comments about this morning, Azmani? Um, lots of comments, actually. Um, but um, it's, a, it's a very good way to start the year reminding being reminded of the idea of sacrifice. And uh, as you say, it's, it's a slimy toy <laughs> that we use <laughs> to, to punish ourselves. Um, I love the way, again, we are reminded of, of how we can actually delay the process. I mean, in, in true, in reality, we cannot, but as bodies playing you know, this video game we call life, we, we believe we are actually delaying and playing tricks on Jesus and taking our time to wake up, but it's impossible. And I really love in, in this uh, first paragraph in, in sentence uh, eight, the only gift, gift I can accept of you is the gift I gave to you. Mm -hmm. Release me, the mind, as I choose your own release. I think it's, it's a beautiful reminder. So. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Osman. Yeah, very good. Um, oh, so, yeah, remind me, uh, another thing I did this week, and Lynn and I were both doing it, kind of swapping CDs, uh, the, new, uh, the new release from the foundation was Ken's last big seminar. It wasn't his last seminar. His last seminar was Taking the Ego Lightly. Don't take it so seriously, which was in August of 2013, I believe. But the last big seminar he did where he would go on for five days was weeding the garden. And he's talking about, you know, we're weeding this, this mind of ours from all this crazy belief systems that we have. Belief in sin, belief in guilt, belief in sacrifice. Those are the weeds we're trying to get rid of. <laughs> and you got to get down and pull them up by the roots. Otherwise, the weeds are just going to grow back. Maybe in a different form, maybe the same way, but they're going to grow back. 
So this whole idea of weeding the garden, now we got to get to what the real issues are. We believe in sacrifice and we're pretending we don't. We made up sacrifice and we're, we're pretending we didn't make it up. We made up sin, guilt, and fear based on sacrifice and we're pretending we didn't do it. And then we go to a lot of work to project it onto the world and say, it's not my fault, it's everybody else's fault. So the time of rebirth is the time of weeding the garden, is <laughs> the time of going back to, the you know, it, its roots not in a good way. The real true root, of course, is this, is our identity as God's son in heaven. That's, that's always a done deal. That's what the true root is. But we made up all these other roots, all these other weeds. So that it's, a it's, it's a really interesting, um, it's one of the last big messages that Ken gave to us as a course community is this we the garden thing, this theme of that. And the way he kind of walks through it over five days is pretty wild. Lynn Corona, you got any comments on what you've heard so far on Ken's CD set? Wow. Um, looks. You're, you're good. Okay. Um, just, uh, I was impressed with how um, vigorously, I mean, this is toward the kind of end of Ken's life and it's almost like he's gotten a chance to look at this entire span of trying to give us uh, everything he's got to help us understand this course. And he circles around to the very beginning um, to your point, Tim, when you were talking about being in the meeting and you were watching your mind and you were watching how you were thinking and you recognized it, you know, that, oh, this is all about me. I'm really, you know, I'm so concerned about me. I really don't care about anybody else, you know, for a moment. And Ken's entire focus on the CDs that I listened to were you've got to go back to the mind and watch what you're thinking. If you don't see what you're thinking, it can't be weeded out. You can't look at it and see, oh, this is the way I think, and there's nothing I need to do about that. I just need to see it. And just the clarity of looking, that clarity is enough to dissolve it. But if we're not willing to watch our mind, uh, and, and here he is, you know, um, coming back and saying, this is the most important thing you can do, is watch your own mind. You don't need to watch anybody else and how they're thinking. You need to watch how you're thinking about somebody else, but you don't have to get them to change. Just watch how you're thinking about others and thinking about yourself. And it's, it was so profound because I think he spent three, maybe four CDs on just that very point of the significance of being a mind watcher. And that's really all we need to do for the, this, this undoing that's so needed. So it's, um, yeah, it took me all back to that. This is the, the most important thing I can do. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah.
Thanks, thanks, Lynn. Stephen, talk to us, Stephen. <laughs> how's your How's your New Year's morning so far? <laughs> uh, just like it always is. Um, on New Year's, I lament. I I look back and I look forward, and I get into the pres present present uh, since I've been doing the course as best I can. But uh, I've been. Uh, hoping to become a, a happy learner, but I can't get past so far. Um, the first thing you have to do is look at your misery. And so I'm looking at my misery some, uh, but this morning it's about sacrifice. I can't stand that subject. I don't like that subject. I don't understand it too well. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, beyond my comprehension sometimes. Uh, and I know why, uh, because, um, I was taught that Jesus died for my sins, sacrificed. I was also taught that we killed him. And so, uh, you know, it's not only, it's like a double shield thing. It's not only that we think we killed God, we think we killed Jesus. And for uh, in 1990 to 2001, every single night I got on my knees and said, thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood to wash away my sins. In 2001, I said, something's wrong with this. This isn't right. I, it's not helping me at all. And when I got to the course, I realized, oh yeah, there's nobody to kill. You know, there's nobody killing them. But my resolution for years and years was to be a better man. When I got to the course, I realized there is no man. There is no me. I was never born and I'll never die. And that's hopeful for me. Uh, but today I'm in lament and I'm hopeful and I'm confused. And I'm so glad to be here because it's so helpful listening to y'all and uh, watching what y'all are doing. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Stephen. I, I, yeah, I remember when I was looking at and I, I, I assume I was going to do a presentation on sacrifice. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure I, I get what this is all about, you know. So what was helpful for me at the time was to just even frame it this way. Just so that this was the problem right from the beginning. The tiny mad idea that I sacrificed my identity as God's son, our identity as God's son. And then every time, you know, I'm sitting in a meeting or I'm, I'm doing anything where I'm concerned about little old me, I'm saying I'm not God's son. I'm still sacrificing it. And I'm saying, like like David Delaplane was talking about Bob Rye, look at me. <laughs> look at little old me. I'm important. <laughs> you got to notice how, what a great, you know, course student or recovery person I am. <laughs> and if you don't notice, I'll point it out. <laughs> just just so you don't, you don't miss out on, on being able to you know, revel in my glow or whatever <laughs> for a little while. But, you know, I've sacrificed your identity as God's son. I've made it all about this separate little identity called me. I've sacrificed my own. I mean, once you begin to, once we begin to get a handle on how often we do that and how messy that is and how we're defining ourselves constantly that way, then, you know, it becomes like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. And it makes it because it, it just keeps things in misery. It keeps me miserable and it's certainly not helping you at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think it's really good to, to any of these ideas that seem pretty slippery to us, just to, you know, sit down and, what does this mean, Jesus? <laughs> Show me where this is on the chart. <laughs> Show me how this works. I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't want to understand what you're talking about, but show me anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, Lynn Altman, then Lynn Corona, look out. <laughs> uh, double lens, wow. Double lens. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Just um, thinking about this, um, the idea of sacrifice for me, the, the part that's, that's most difficult is that I think I have to sacrifice what I think I am in order to have the experience of God's love. And um, it just occurred to me that one of the things that's really beautiful about working with Jesus and that, that what he symbolizes is that it's like an interim step. God is way too scary for me to think about him ever taking me back. Um, but Jesus is saying, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you think you've done or what you think you are or how terrible you've been to your brother. It doesn't, none of that matters. I'm here with you and you can bring every scary thought, every hateful thought, every vicious idea uh, of separation that you, that you entertain. You can bring that to me and I will look at it with you so that you will see that it's made up and that you're operating on a false premise that God is demanding sacrifice when the reality is God is giving everything to you. So I, I just, I really hadn't seen that before is, you know, that the practice of inviting Jesus or the Holy Spirit to walk with us is to make, to, to reassure us that we're going to be okay. It's like a you know, a parent, what child is doing something absolutely stupid. And if you really want to teach them, you don't dwell on how, their stupidity. You show them, you know, you show them that there's a better way, that, that what they thought was going to help them is actually hurting them. And that here's something that you can, substitution is the name of the game when you're a parent. And um, so, I mean, here's Jesus giving all these wonderful substitute ideas for the terrible, uh, you know, beliefs that we've held about that somebody's got, you know, my fear is totally driven by what I think I'm going to lose. And, um, you know, I'm thinking how many years does it take before I realize that he's not, he is not fulfilling that function, that, that there really is an alternative to the ego. It is the ego that's wanting to um, destroy me. And uh, Jesus is here to help me. And I don't know, that just really felt like such a lovely um, thing to start the new year with. So thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah, I mean, once again, it doesn't, I mean, the, this idea of sacrifice, not only is it intellectually pretty slippery, but, you know, just the, the depth of how much we do believe in it and we don't, we're not aware of it. Before we go to Lynn Corona, I wanted to look at Paragraph 5 on page 325, paragraph 5 in the same section, it's line 7. He says, line 7, sacrifice is so essential. It's so essential to our thought system that salvation apart from sacrifice means nothing to you. I mean, we really thought that when we separated from heaven, that was salvation. That's what we convinced ourselves of. 
sacrificing our true identity as God's son gave us little old me. And little old me is now saved and alive and running. Really? <laughs> Would I even want that if that were possible? I mean, sacrifice is so essential to your thought system that we have to keep the whole idea going and never admit it. Recognizing how essential it is to our thought system is, is when we begin to go, oh, maybe I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Lynn, Lynn, I don't know, Lynn 2, Lynn 2. <laughs> <Lynn. laughs> scribbling down some notes here. Uh, and referring back to, again, weeding, weeding the garden. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, what, what we're suffering from is um, separation and um, isolation. And one of the major points that Ken makes is, uh, is the significance of learning that you are the decision maker. You are the commander of the enterprise. That this entire Course in Miracles is written to you, not the person in the dream, but the one who decided between the ego or the Holy Spirit. And he keeps saying, your, your decision maker is vacant. It's vacant until you reside there, until you, you see yourself navigating the dream, but you're navigating the dream as the decision maker, not as a dream figure. And the decision maker has one of two choices. It's Who's going who's gonna to go through this day with me? I'm not in isolation, but I'm either going to go through the day with the ego or I'm going to go through the day with the Holy Spirit. And so the isolation is always going to be ended one way or the other. I'm either choosing the, the voice that wants to keep the separation going and keep um, me unaware that I have this other choice, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's who we are, and that's who this course is addressed to. And to be aware every moment, I have a choice, I have a choice, I have a choice. Which teacher am I going to walk through this day with? Which teacher am I going to look at this with? But I'm, I'm never alone, either. The ego's there, but we are denying that the ego is the default setting and that's the setting I'm operating on, or I'm making an active choice for another way, another way to see, another way to be here in the world, not alone, but with um, the teacher of truth. That's the only way. So making sure this new year that our decision maker is, um, <laughs> is uh, uh, available to us all the time. I mean, there's a vacancy there. <laughs> the vacancy sign is out <laughs> until we choose, you know, to be with that teacher, whether it be Jesus or the Holy Spirit. But it's, it's so important to 
realize that that's the, it's the only choice we need to make. I mean, it's so simple, but we're usually on the default setting, you know, unaware that it's operating. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks. <clears throat> that, uh, that next line in paragraph five, line eight, our confusion, our, <laughs> our confusion of sacrifice and love is so profound that we cannot conceive of love without sacrifice. We built a whole friggin' religion on that. God loved his son so much that God loved his children so much he sent his only son to die. He sent his only son to be sacrificed. I mean, of course, I mean, if that's just below the surface and we really believe that, then of course we don't want to let Jesus in. What's he going to do to me? God made his only son suffer and die on the cross, and he didn't do anything. What's he going to do to me? What kind of sacrifice is he going to ask me? I mean, it's just so, I mean, from a, you know, from a course point of view, that kind of traditional thinking <laughs> that sacrifice is, is equated with love, I mean, just to see how deep these roots go, not just in our individual selves, but in our culture, too. And we, we just take it for granted that that's the way it is. You'll know I'll, I'll, I love you because I'll, I'll, I'll suffer and die for you. No, we don't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be kind. And it's nice, to, but the kindness comes in when we, we share with each other that we're already okay. We don't have to eat each other. Look at communion, for God's sake. I eat Jesus and somehow I'm holy now? No, that's not the kind of communion the Course talks about. <laughs> the communion the Course talks about is realizing and waking up that we're already communal. <laughs> we're already joined. We don't have to eat each other to have that experience. <laughs> it's like devouring Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tim, another part of the slimy slope is of sacrifice is that I'm going to give something to you. I'm going to, I'm, I personally am going to give something to you, to my children, to... And Jesus says, no, 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 you're going to be, be who you really are. And you're going to give that without any effort, without any doing, without any, you know, making something happen at all. And so that idea of sacrifice is so instilled as parents, you know, you've got to sacrifice for your children. Not if you know who you are, there can't be sacrifice. There can only be love, <laughs> true love, you know, and that's what will teach and that's what will heal. But we want to skip that step of our own healing, our, our need for our own healing. That's why it's so profound to realize that we're not healed and realize our need for healing. And that way it can be undone, our, our you know, our sacrifice idea in the mind can be undone. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, what's the next lines? Um, we can't conceive that love, oh, oh, you must look upon sacrifice as attack, not love. So, and once again, we're not talking about behavior here. 
it's not you know i don't have to be nice to people anymore <laughs> i don't have to you know give the 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 guy on the street 20 bucks or the guy who just delivered my food or whatever i mean it's not talking about it's not talking about behavior it's always talking about if i if i tip the guy 20 bucks with the ego it's a bargain it's a setup if i tip the guy 20 bucks with the holy spirit it's it's just and it becomes a metaphor for appreciating we're both the son of god and isn't that great <laughs> and anything we do behaviorally is always one of those two things it doesn't matter what we do if dying on the cross becomes a symbol of i can't really die and you can't really die and we don't have to suffer to do this then then you know dying on the cross or not is not a big deal Give up the the old rugged cross is how what he starts chapter whatever it is with that thirteen I think but give up the old rugged cross. How's life in Belgium, Myra? I'm not Belgium, Netherlands. <laughs> Hello, all happy now. Oh, life is very good here. Um, sacrifice. Well, this week I was also as many of you, reading, listening to Ken Wapnick. And there was something I could mention that now. He was talking about the darkness. Sacrifice is just one of the elements of darkness. One of the many, many elements of darkness. Uh, all the attack thoughts and the sickness and the death and the conflict and the fear. And sacrifice is just darkness. And he was making us all aware that, step back for a minute, before the Course, before you were even thinking about spirituality in any way, we lived just in darkness. We didn't know it. We thought the darkness was normal. That's life. Life is just a whole bunch of, you know, sometimes it's nice and then it gets bad again, and then all kinds of terrible things happen. Just darkness, darkness, darkness. And he was saying, so many students complain then, they finally meet A Course in Miracles and then complain, oh, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's awful, so much is coming up now. And Ken said, no, it's the same old story that you were doing it already 30, 40, 50 years, living in darkness. But nobody had asked you to look at it. And now Jesus comes along and he says, we're going to look at the darkness now. And then we all say, or worse. <laughs> or worse. And because all of a sudden we're seeing it differently. He's asking us to see it differently. And we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's normal. It's part of undoing it all, looking at it and saying, <gasps> Yeah, for 50 years I thought that was normal. But nobody asked me to look at it differently. Wow. And then he is also trying to make us all aware that, hey, don't forget that you have a right mind. Don't forget how beautiful the right mind is. Don't forget that the light has come with you. And another name for the decision maker is the light switch. <laughs> so just close your eyes and be the light switch. <laughs> and then have a look at all the darkness together with Jesus. And it's all going to look so differently then. So, so differently. And so that's life in Holland. Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to Holland now. <laughs>
God, we've been all over the globe. <laughs> we haven't even left our room yet. <laughs> That's good. Thanks, Meyer. Yeah, the time of rebirth, the time of, of, of having, letting the Holy Spirit weed our gardens. We don't even have to weed them. <laughs> we just have to let him do it. Do the light switch thing. But first we have to fess up to like how much we're actually living in the dark, choosing to do that. And we don't want to do that anymore. The price we're paying to do that is, is grim <laughs> when it's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Time of rebirth, coming into the newborn world. That's the way he ends the whole course. Anybody else have any more comments before we go to the newborn world? <laughs> Asmani. Hi. Um, when Myra was talking, I just have this feeling of, um, you know, um, how easy it is for us to, uh, are you all familiar with a voodoo doll? Um, it's, it's easy for us to believe we are the voodoo doll, um, helpless, and that can be heard, you know, by anybody or any situation. And the difficulty is in actually realizing that we are not that. We are the decision makers, as, as, Tim, as Lim was saying. We are the the one that decides and can actually observe how the belief voodoo doll behaves in the world and reacts to whatever is happening. So it is easy to be that tiny little doll, helpless and 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 you know, and that can be heard and that that can be heard and and so it's, I don't know. I just had this. Maybe I'm lost in my my train of thought. But when when Lynn was talking to Myra, I just had this this idea of how easy it is for us to believe we are helpless and not to be the observant, not to, to take a step back and say, hey, why if I, I am the son of God, why if I just observe and, and live my life as an observant self? Thank you. Yeah. I, I this almost funny image of, of oh, yeah, I got the voodoo doll and I'm the one sticking the pins in, nobody else's. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, all right, thanks, thanks, Asmani, that's good. <laughs> so the, uh, anybody else, anything? Yeah, Jean, go ahead. I was just thinking that that line eight where the conception of love without sacrifice I mean, it's, that is so, I mean, it, I, I, I can't even imagine love without sacrifice. I was thinking today, and I'm so glad I came on. I had, as I think Lynn was talking about the weeding through the thoughts, I, I had this confusion like of, of thoughts and, and, and it is when you're caught between these worlds because the sacrifice is so familiar, but that concept of love without it, you know, I thank you all for that today because it, however, I take it in. It, it's helped me today to to at least put that more, you know, in my trajectory. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, love without sacrifice. But now what? Now what are we going to do? <laughs> I can't sacrifice anymore. What's left? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't have to do anything. Oh, that's right. I need to do nothing. <laughs> right. 
That's good. Thanks, Jean. Yeah, yeah the, the more we talk about this, <laughs> the more awareness I see happening in myself about thinking there's, there's no way to love without sacrifice. They're just, it's always in there somewhere of, you know, I'm giving something to somebody else and somehow that's love. And he says it right at the very page one of the um, manual for teachers, you cannot give to someone else. You can only give to yourself and receive and what you receive is what you give. <laughs> and it's not done by an effort. It's, it, you know, we can't take credit for, like Jesus says, we who are one cannot give separately. We don't give separately. Christ gives, the Holy Spirit gives through us, but it's not a me over here being, you know, all, you know, lovey. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lady in this building named Lovey. She's so sweet. <laughs> it's okay to be that lovey. <laughs> that kind of lovey. <laughs> well, it becomes an identity, you know. I'm so loving, you know, and, and that's not what it is at all. We want to be done with the personal identity doing everything, including loving. Love is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think somebody over here, Christina had her hand. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. I, I, I have been talking this, this year, you know, and transforming that word beloved that I've been chasing for many, many years. And then in this class, uh, since um, early spring, it just kind of come over me, the term beloved, and I was playing with it, and how we're going to be, and it's like, we're going to just be loved. So I just want to share that. Thank you so much. You know, yeah, thank you. Great healing. Be that. loved. Yeah. I sign a lot of my things that way now because I, I got it from you. I really <laughs> heard it, you know. Just be loved. Yeah, yeah. Great healing for me. Thank you all. Thank you all. Help me. That's what I'm going to be this year. All right. It's a. Uh, I wanted to look at as a closing um, last page in the course, page ninety one in the manual is the epilogue. Epilogue, page ninety one in the manual, and you know, in terms of what Lynn and Christina were saying, paragraph three, be not afraid. You know, check this stuff out. Allow yourself to be loved. <laughs> be not afraid. Be loved. See what see what that feels like. <laughs> See what it, is, it, it feels like to be already loved, not like you got to do anything, sacrifice anything to prove that you're lovable. Be loved because you are loved. Be not afraid of that. Give it a shot, for God's sake. <laughs> so that's what paragraph three, four, and five, I think, are all about. And then this ancient journey that we started a long time ago, <laughs> we're able to go into this newborn world on a, a very happy New Year's Day.
the link running. You want to read paragraph three, four, and five, please? Page 91 in the manual. Got it. Got it. Um, <clears throat> wow. Wow, this is the end of fear. Be, be not afraid. We only start again an ancient journey long ago begun that but seems new. We have begun again upon a road we traveled on before and lost our way a little while. And now we try again. Our new beginning has the certainty the journey lacked till now. Look up and see his word among the stars where he has set your name along with his. Mm. <laughs> wow. Look up and find your certain destiny the world would hide, but God would have you see. Let us wait here in silence and kneel down an instant in our gratitude to him who called to us and helped us hear his call. And then let us rise and go in faith along the way to him. Now we are sure we do not walk alone, for God is here and with him all our brothers now we know that we will never lose our way again. The song begins again, which had been stopped only an instant, though it seems to be unsung forever. What is here begun will grow in life and strength and hope until the world is still an instant and forgets all that the dream of sin had made of it. Let us go out and meet the newborn world, knowing that Christ has been reborn in it and that the holiness of this rebirth will last forever. We had lost our way, but he has found it for us. Let us go and bid him welcome who returns to us to celebrate salvation and the end of all we thought we made. The morning star of this new day looks on a different world where God is welcomed and his son with him. We who complete him offer thanks to him as he gives thanks to us. The sun is still and in the quiet God has given him, enters his home, and is at peace at last.
Well, here we go together. <laughs> what a ride this is going to be. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> could, I, could I get the page and the, the uh, where that was again in the manual, but I missed it. 92, page 92 in the manual for teachers. After the clarification, after oh. the clarification. Oh, thank you. Is the end of your book, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Yeah. Just your book. Didn't go far <laughs> enough, yeah. The beginning of everybody else. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say in reading that, this, this is my will. This is our will. This is what we want. It's so, you know, our words and what we are, are together. <laughs> the, you know, we're not distant from these words. These are our words. Hmm. Thank you. Let us do it together. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Happy New Year, because we're going to have Thanks. it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. Why not? <laughs> what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Suffer and die. <laughs> oh, my. Man. Let's all play golf <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Jesus. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yes, sir.